Hello and welcome to Breaking Late, a motorsports podcast. I'm your host, Michael, and with me is JD. How's it going, mate? Good, mate. Good. Recover well after last night? Yeah, yeah. Stayed up nice and late. Actually, it wasn't too bad last night uh, to watch the F1 and uh, and after following up the V8s. But the racing this weekend at um, Ipswich, how good was that? Very good. Very good. Um, strategy game again played a little bit of its part. Uh Especially on the Sunday, I think Lowndes saving a green set of tyres and they played a cool strategy, you know, putting one on the, I think it was the left rear, yep. left front, sorry, uh, and the, f- the second stop and, yeah. No, nah, that was another great out. call by Ludo. Yeah, they did. They thought outside the box again and it worked. We touched on this last week and I did say on my Ipswich, not my favourite track. It, when you look at it, yeah, it's just, you know, the it's paper a paper clip. clip. But it had some good racing and the... All the support categories, none of those guys could stay on their wheels. Yeah, it was it was action-packed, you know, with the Kumo Aus- series and, and also cars. Aussie cars. The two rollovers in, like, two races when we were watching it. It was, it was pretty crazy. <laughs> it was just like, you go, yeah, I just always forget of it. Every year, you just go, oh, what's this track do? Try and think back. And then when you watch it, you're like, no, nah, I love it. It's a good track. Yeah, it's, it's not it's as bad good as... racing. Yeah, I seem to, every weekend... You know, when you watch it, you sort of come out the other side going, oh, the racing actually wasn't too bad. It's a boring looking track, but... <laughs> yeah, but the racing was good. So we'll just touch into it. The big thing in quali- uh, in practice with the V8s, in um, the final practice, Scotty Pye, he doesn't know how to have a small accident, does he? No, he doesn't. He had another failure. He's, if you listened, I think, was it in the interviews or his radio? He's like, oh God, I must have such bad luck. Yeah, it's like uh, all mechanical. Most of it's mechanical failures. Well, he's had, had. Was it? They, were, they re- reviewed it on the Saturday, I think. He's had four major crashes and three of them were mechanical failures. Yeah. But yeah, so he had a brake line burst. They had the just changed the rear discs on yeah, um, there was that car before practice. Questions still looming in my head there. Because they were pretty quick to say uh, Fabian's car wouldn't be have any problems with the same thing. So I wonder if they've nicked a line or something when they've been working back there. But anyway, um, they did an absolutely great job. Four hours and they rebuilt the whole front end, new motor in. Yeah, well, once they brought the car back into the garage and then they stripped it back down, the damage didn't look too bad. And they were saying a lot of it was, you know, cosmetic damage as well as the radiator did get pushed back and touched the engine. So they took that out and replaced it just for precaution. But Yeah. yeah, like... Once they stripped it all back, it didn't actually look that bad. It was just like, grab the new fenders and let's yeah, hold everything tower, back on. The towers, when they had the motor out and it was all um, off and they started putting it back together when they uh, took the camera and had a look at it, the towers actually looked quite quite good. Mm. Um, I don't know if it was like when a single it just, bit of damage. Because it hit and went up on top of it, maybe the impact was a bit Obviously lessened. They probably, yeah, and they, they deliberately designed, designed their car um to be sacrificial at the front yeah and uh so the, you know and the main anchor points for all your suspension uh locations are really quite strong mm-hmm. yeah they they did a great job of obviously designing that car to you know take a hit yeah take up that impact at the front there and it it really didn't look like i'm sure they'll be putting it on a jig and everything checking it all out i don't know if they have a spare chassis for that team but i wouldn't be surprised if they roll one out just so that they can uh Make sure that car's all okay. Well, yeah. well they've got a, a big gap now. They've so got a big gap now. So I think it's about 20, uh, 30 days or something before the next race. But there's a good chunk 
So they got plenty of time to um. I think all the teams are going back. To yeah, the back to headquarters. Just regroup. Yep. So they'll be making sure that car's all good to go again. And but yeah, surprisingly, got it out very very quickly. The qualifying for race sixteen on the Saturday that was pretty eventful. Lowndes actually got a nice early lap in and was actually quite quick. Yeah, Lowndes had looked quite good uh, all weekend. Lowndes always looks good at Queensland Raceway. Yeah, he's yep. just so strong there. And I was sitting there, and I actually did message you going, oh, Lowndes might have this, because he was a good chunk ahead of everyone. There was still a few minutes left to go. Um, And then I think Chaz Mostert got him. Jamie Wincup got ahead of um, Lowndesy. And then Chris Pither. Yeah. Wow. What a a lap. Good on him. That that was a good lap. And he, because he did a 110.03. I couldn't believe my eyes when I seen him pop up to the top of the time charts. Actually. He was quick all weekend. I did notice that. I was looking over before the race. I'm like, oh, let's just have a quick look at the practice results. And, you know, Pith is always in there, like quite high up. Then come out and qualifying on the Saturday, just got that pole position. And it's just well done. Like he had, it was really good to see Tim Edwards come out straight away and congratulate him. And so did um, Chaz. Yeah, they're, they're very supporting that team. Mm. Even... Um, on the Sunday when uh, Chaz um, got up on the podium, you look down, all the other drivers for um, PRA were at the podium presentations mm-hmm. to congratulate him. It's a really good thing in that team. They seem to be a bit of a family, the drivers. And yep. they, they really lo- look after each other. No, it, it was definitely good. Another thing that did take away from it was all the Kiwi drivers were very supportive of their Kiwi friends as well. Yeah. yeah all of them were, you know, well done to, you know, Chris getting his first pole. You know, I, I can't get it. I'm glad another Kiwi does. Yeah, they, they seem to uh, really rally behind their fellow countrymen. But then that just led into a, an exciting um, race 16. Yeah, race a uh, good start because you had the two, two, two forwards on the front line. I didn't actually get to see the start of the race or a good chunk of it. Oh, I was on right. the way out to your mother's birthday. Yep. Um, well, the start of the race was actually quite interesting when they got off. Uh, they all got away from the line, not too badly, but uh, they struggled to get that sort of second second part of their start down. There was a bit, I watched the highlights, there's a bit of um, pushing and shoving by the two Falcons. Yeah. I think um, Mostert got pushed wide out into the dirt. Yep. Yeah, then I think Jamie just sort of came up and just looked Jamie of old and just... Yeah, we've been talking about it, me and you, um, over the last couple of races. He, he's really started to... Look like the old school Jamie now, just putting big points behind big points and uh, doing a great job. Like if he's not winning races, he's coming there and thereabouts. Yeah, especially on the Saturday where he's had this really good run of high point finishes on the Saturday. Yeah, pretty much. So you're not finishing top fives, yeah. tens. Um, his average is like one and a half or two. Like it's pretty ridiculous. It's like he's always on the podium on the Saturday. Yeah, that's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, well, the Triple Eight guys. Well, let's talk about Triple Eight. Have really turned their um, the game around their pace around at that track. Mm-hmm. Last year, there that track was dominated by PRA, and this year it's it's the opposite. Mm-hmm. It uh, is PRA um, was still very quick. They um, were, but the Triple Eight cars were just dominant. It is their test track. You would expect them, yeah, to do yeah. well. Yep, um, but I don't think it was a track that sort of suited their car as much. Mm. The way they developed their car, I, I don't think it suited them as much. 
but they, they've definitely found something in the car and they've helped develop it towards that and made the car a better all-round car, I think. It was um very good to watch Shane drive through the pack right at the end. Yeah. We come through on the fresh tyres. Yep. It was it was great to see. Because um, I think Lowndes had... Exciting pop- racing. Lowndes had better pace than Wind Cup. Yep. Um, I think there was Ludo. Was it Ludo that was getting over pretty animated in the other garage? He did it again on the Sunday as well, mm-hmm. but he... It'd be interesting. I wish I was a fly on the wall to hear what they're actually saying in there. If you could understand him. Yeah, if you can understand him. The other guys kind of looked a little confused, like, what are you doing in here? Get out. <laughs> nah, it was definitely good to see um, the Triple Eight guys. That's a podium lockout. That's a one, two, and three. And then yep. Roland got up on the um, on the podium and accepted the Constructors or the team. The team uh, team trophy. Is it Constructors or team trophy? Um, I'm not sure how they, rev- they call it. In uh, Either way, it was that one. Yeah, yeah, the one for the team. I think it's the team because uh, not all the teams build their own cars. Yeah, true. So constructors would be like Formula One, where you've got Red Bull build their own cars. Every team builds their, builds own, their car. own car. Yeah. Sorry, we we didn't get because of the events that we did have on the weekend. The Saturday race was a uh, very mixed. Oh, we didn't. I didn't. We didn't see too much of it. You were very preoccupied. Yeah. I got to watch a bit of it. Uh, this is the first thing I made sure I did was I got there when I got there, turned on the laptop, fired up Foxtel, and I did. <laughs> I started I, watching it. <laughs> I rocked up at the party about four thirty, walk around the back of the house, and there's JD standing on uh, by a, a speaker, watching the V8s, and I'm like, "Well, I found my spot." Pulled my <laughs> chair out, grabbed a beer, and just watched. Um, but no, it was really good to see like Shane come out, get another win. Unfortunately, this is something we haven't mentioned. Jamie was going for his ni- uh, his 100th race win. And he hasn't managed to grab it yet. And that was also Holden's 100th win. Uh, no, it wasn't. Wasn't it? Okay. I found out what that actually okay, was. Okay, what was it? So, Okay, so it was Triple 8's 100th win for Holden. Ah, uh, okay. So there you go. if you want. No, that's all right. That's I, I, I wasn't sure what it was. I just saw... Yeah, uh, that's right. Holden, like, Holden, Holden has Holden won more than 100. Wins. Yeah. <laughs> Like one, two, three. Lounge is one hundred. Drove mainly for Holden. Yeah, <laughs> it's one hundred and five. Uh, because I, I wasn't sure. I saw it and then going, oh, this is awkward. I thought they were Win Cup hundred race wins. Win Cup. I'm like, oh, you pulled yeah. them out too no, early. It, it, it was Triple uh, Eight celebrating their hundred wins for the Holden wow. manufacturer. Well done. Those T-shirts for Win Cup can stay shoved in the back of the truck. Yeah, put some mothballs around them. Brought out another race meeting. Oh, we're getting into enduros now. Getting so. into lounge season. Yeah, they might stay there for a little while. Hey, we can't call it just lounge season. Win Cup's won quite a few Bathurst with for a young fella. Yeah, and he's also won without him. Yeah, one. <laughs> <laughs> How many lounge won without Win Cup? Oh, a few. Three. Yeah. It's sort of like what they were talking about with Lowndes when he was driving with Scafi. It's like it's hard to beat Scafi's Bathurst um, champion. Record. Yeah, every record. time you drive, you drive with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> every time you get another one, he gets one Especially too. that year, that the last year uh, when Scafi teamed up with Lowndes and then Scafi had the bad back or allegedly had the bad back and then Lowndes had to do all the driving. Yeah, that that was quite funny. It's like, how many, how, what are the how many more laps do I have to do? Uh, you got to do 10 more laps. All right. And then I'm getting out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Lance brought it home. Um, no, we'll quickly round out the top 10 of the Saturday race. 
So Shane Van Gisbergen coming home first, followed by Jamie Wincup and then Craig Lowndes rounding up the podium. Mark Winterbottom come home fourth. That's another good result for him. That's another 120 points to add to his tally. Yeah, it, Frosty's actually doing quite a good job of um, his backing. Car, his car wasn't there this weekend. Yeah, but still he managed to finish top 10. That's, yeah, um, and that's what you need. That's that how you win championships. Yeah, and and he just seems to manage to do that quite frequently now as well. It's He's doing quite a good championship role here. He's not um, he's not finishing 22nd or anything in any races. Chaz Mostert, he good solid weekend for Chaz. This is his strongest weekend he did, since the accident. He did look back. Yeah, he did, didn't he? He, he had that little charisma again. Um, he had good strategy. He was always on these fresh tyres at the end of the race when everyone else was just trying to get to the end. The team seemed to be back as well. Mm-hmm. Tim Slade followed up another good performance here. Yeah, he uh, managed to move up a few positions in the field as well and did a great job. Will Davison, um, he did move up. He started 10th the race, finished 7th. He didn't have a great weekend. Um, the Sunday he qualified well down the grid. Um, yeah, it's just... It does seem odd. I, I thought they would be getting more support uh, from Lowndes and Ludo and uh, obviously the Triple H team, but I understand that they are their own team, mm-hmm. but it, they just were nowhere compared to the Triple Eight guys. Yeah, well, I don't know. Like, I assume Techno do their own upgrades or, you know, have to purchase the other ones. So I don't know if their guys will be the same. Yeah, exactly. They, you know. All this, you know, what's set up that maybe just didn't suit Davo's driving or he wasn't that, sure and exactly. And that might he, actually be something because Davo definitely, uh, he's a bit more like Wing Cup. Mm-hmm in his driving style and Lowndes has his own driving style. It's, it's probably good for Lowndes to have uh, Ludo there. That's uh, it's really focusing on him rather than um, sort of when he was back with uh, in the triple eight garage and they're trying to mold the cars to work for both of them and whatnot. And they're moving in different directions. Mm. Now he's sort of just, they're just hundred percent focused on their own gear. They show each other data where they were better and whatnot. But, um, yeah, Davo is seems to be struggling a little bit. Yeah, well, he, I'm pretty sure he had an interview with Rihanna um, after one of the races or qualifying. He just said he it's just tires, just he couldn't get them to work. Yeah, um, he just struggled, and he's just like, we'll hope for the next day to be better. I uh, do wonder with Davo as well whether Triple Eight's not going to necessarily want to help him. They're going to want to get him up there because he's a customer team, but whether they're going to not necessarily want him to be competing with Lowndes because they share a boom. Well, they share a boom and they've still, they've got an agreement of whoever's first yeah, gets priority. That's the big thing. Like uh, when they announced that Lowndes was going to have his own team, yada, 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 and everyone's going, you'll never have to stack again. I'm going, hang on a second. Yeah, he doesn't get his own boom. No. Yeah, he's sharing a boom with an- another team, which is going to make it even more awkward. Mm. <laughs> Rick Kelly, good result in eighth. Uh, lately, it's not often that you've been seeing a Nissan up there that isn't Caruso. Yeah, Rick Rick did a great job. Caruso had a bad day on Saturday. Yeah. It was a shocking day for him. I think he would have probably finished up there as well, if not higher. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, he just had a, a shocker. James Moffat, look at that. Yeah, right up there, mate. Nine. That's, a, good job. that's a really good result. And Coulthard, he moved backwards quite a long way, actually. Four positions back from where he started in P6 and ended up in 10th. And we're just Chris Pither, after his front row start, mm. who finished 11th, 
Move. Still not. I mean, I know you'd never want to lose 10 places during a race, but did you really think he's going to stick it out at the front? No. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah like, good on him. You know, full hey. credit to him for the pole position. You can't take that away. And 11th, um, that's still not a bad bad uh, quasi. For... He did finish in the top 10 on Sunday. Yeah, and but it's also it's um it's good. He's you know he's come from development series last year. And he's, he's a rookie, like he's never driven a V eight supercar in anger around this track before. Yeah, and that's quite um for him to get the pole was a really big thing. So good on him. Keep pushing. Where are our friends? HRT. HRT, our favorite race team, thirteenth wow. and fourteenth. Not bad from Garth Tender, up five positions in the race. Courtney. Backwards. Yeah. Um, Tander Co- did not look good in qualifying at all uh, this weekend. Just couldn't yeah, seem to get the car to work. Always just so far down the grid. Just, yeah, couldn't get times in. Yeah. Um, James, I, I know we cap on this every week, but he definitely looks like the more confident driver in that team now. Mm-hmm. Uh, James had dramas on the Saturday and still managed a 13th. So watch... Watches. It's gonna be inter- yeah. It's gonna be interesting. Once he gets a fast car again, I think he'll pop back up to the top of the field. Whether that's coming or not, I'm not sure. I, I know there's no seats anywhere else, really, for him to go to, and that's a real problem. There's a seat at Erebus. Wow. Well, they're building better HRT cars than HRT do, so why not? <laughs> Actually, I quick, shouldn't say that. Quick, Dave, David have... Reynolds did finish back down the field a bit, so. Yeah, I just want to quickly touch on. They're my new favourite team, Erebus. Just because they got your favourite driver, Craig Baird. Yeah, Bairdo. Love him. He's great. He's, he's won the most Porsche Carrera races in the world. Yeah, he's he's um he's one of my favourite drivers. He's always been a good driver and he's still driving GTs and stuff that now and he's won a few races this year, so he's got his hit he's you know, his eye in. He Big came out difference. and said the guys in the main game earn their dollars. Yeah. After like he because I don't think he ra- I don't think he did the practice on the Friday, um. So first time he was on the car was on the Saturday, and yeah, he's just like let's be honest, like he qualified basically last with Kurt. Yeah, Kurt Kostecki beat him. Yeah, it's not first the- time in the car. He's not out there to race. I think he didn't. I think he came back with a pretty straight car, which was good. Now I've got a question. Yep. Uh, Nick Perkett excluded. Yeah, I've got notes on that. Do you want to, I'll, I'll go into it? Yeah. All right. What happened with Nick uh, Percat there, mate? Uh, Nick Percat got excluded from the race because his front bar weighed one kilo less than what it should. Ooh. Um, That's a biggie. That, as of la- like last year, the regulations, the bar had to, front bar and light assembly, I think, had to weigh 12.5 kilos. Yeah. Only recently, I don't think it was at the start of the year, I think it's midway through the season or something, but they've increased it to 13.5. His bar didn't weigh 13.5. He just got excluded. So That's a really big penalty. Yeah. For one kilo. It's nothing, you know, it's not like Nick's going out there and just with the grinder and just like, I'm just going to cut off this. Like, mm. it's just unfortunate. I think it's probably an oversight from the team and you're like, well, how long has this been going? I know they don't check every car. They'll probably weigh every car, but, you know. Yeah. It's uh, if you I- get pulled in and going, all right, I We're do understand the, that the uh, front splitter assembly has to be a minimum weight because some of the bigger teams like Triple Eight and uh, PRA and that, I don't know if they're still doing it, but they used to have a qualifying front bar 
versus a race front bar mm-hmm. because that had to be a minimum weight. So in qualifying, the front bar had all its weight in the basically the bottom part of the front bar to keep the uh, the overall center of gravity, gravity of low. the bar very low, mm-hmm. so pretty much on the ground uh, versus their race one. If they use their qualifying front bar and tap someone, the front bar would literally disintegrate and fall straight off the car. So in the race trim, it's actually got a lot of bracing and a lot of the weight's actually around where they would bump another car. Yep. So that the another bumper wouldn't splitter. just... Yeah, it, yeah, so it's not in the actual splitter down yeah, the yep. bottom. It's it's above where they're going to touch uh, to just to give them that more durability so they can tap or push. And Basically the where the number of, plate normally goes. Yeah, exactly. And, exact, and so maybe it's only hundreds of a second in qualifying but the bigger teams will have the they have the money to do that to sort of thing to have that extra bar quickly i just want to say like, i like the new everest look hungry oh, jacks they look so much better amazing yep they look one like of the best a, they look like a now. race team now yep one of the best looking teams so, you know they're right up or probably not right up there with the red bulls the red bull put a lot of money into their designs and stuff like that but they are a pretty good looking car that both the cars look similar you can tell they're the same team yeah before you're like oh there's reynolds and i don't i mean after reading up all about this split Russell. with Russell Ingle, uh, Russell Ingle. Yeah, Russell, Russell's had a big fight with him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Russell has fights with everyone. Uh, Aaron Russell, sorry, because it was basically two race teams racing under Erebus. It was Aaron Russell Racing and Erebus Motorsports. Yeah, they were just supplying pit crew pretty much and yeah. servicing a car. Yeah. Uh, they weren't uh, doing performance upgrades or anything to that car unless Aaron was going to purchase them, which he wasn't. That's why, you know, Craig's car is slower than Davy's car because Davy's car has all the upgraded parts on it. I assume now that Erebus are taking control of the number four car, I assume we're going to race it as like an actual two-car team now. They might start moving parts across, but then they've also got to start looking at next season going, all right, are we going to run the two cars? Because this year it was, it was straight up. Like they weren't going to run. They were going to turn to a single car. What happens next year? But do they lose the license? Cause isn't it? I don't his think license. You... No, it was Erebus's license. Uh, it was so Erebus's the license, Russell's... but he was bringing his own car to race. So yeah, it's kind of the... like what Kostecki's doing at the moment yeah. with, okay. Yeah. yeah so I it's, understand hundred percent now. Yep. Erebus's license. And they were going to shelve it for, I think you can, withdraw it for like 12 months or saying and you won't lose it but after a certain time v8 supercars or supercars australia will go all right you haven't used your license in two years we want it back they will probably just take take it back back. yeah um so originally they weren't going to run the two cars the russells came through came up with a deal that they're like all right cool we can run the two cars it wasn't really going to cost betty and erebus any that, that that much more yeah um and yeah, but now the they, deal looked sweet. The deal was very sweet, and I, I said this before. Like it was, a, I think it was a bad deal on the Russells. Yeah, like they, the fact I that they've they now their, their race cars, Hungry Jacks, and Craig's driving it. Yeah, they don't get that car back until the end of the year. Yeah, the contract was written quite well for Erebus. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, that car looked really good. Um, quick shout out to Supercar underscore Tunes on. Twitter and Instagram. That's where my little car comes from. I like them. Yeah, they are. I'm gonna put them in the show notes. I want more of them. (laughs) Yeah. I want the whole field on the back window of my little car. (laughs) Yeah. Now keep keep up the good work. Yeah. Great. They're they're really cool. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes and I'll tweet him and 
yeah, they're, they're really cool. Good effort. I like them. So we'll jump to the Sunday race, all qualifying on Sunday. This was one that Ludo just came out yep. and had his magical thing again. Nouns come out, set a really quick time. I think that's the thing there as well. You can't take it completely out of Lowndes' hands there too. Lowndes come out and set a great time uh, and it didn't do the, the third set of tyres like everyone else was out there doing. Well, that's what, um, after the race, when Lowndesy goes in with the little Foxtel studio with Scafie, Ingle and yeah, whoever yep. that other lady is, he was saying, he's like, all right, Ludo, I will follow your call, but it's yours to make. Yep. And he's like, if it goes to shit, Ludo, you fucked up. Yep. But it didn't. So Ludo's champion still. Yeah. No, no. If it goes to shit, Ludo, you screwed up. If if it all goes well, damn, I did a great job on the tyres and put in some good laps today. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody race every car racing drivers. Car, yeah, every racing car driver knows. <laughs> no, but so Ludo basically said to Lounsey, like, nah, the track's not, it's only getting hotter. It won't get faster. Come in and we're sitting it out. And then he got out of the car and everyone else went out. I think they're all on like greens too. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, no one went quicker. A few did change position, but no one went quicker to the point like Jamie's time that he set as for pole, he already set before, yeah, before when Lounsey was on the track. Yeah. So yeah, like Lowndes had that extra soft, uh, extra set of greens, which really paid dividends in the race. Chaz had good pace again and he got into third. Squeezing out Shane, um, yep. delegated Shane to fourth. Then you had Frosty come through in fifth, and then you had Scotty Pye who did, yeah, great, really turnaround. good considering he didn't get much running on the Saturday. Yeah, great turnaround from Saturday. Absolute stellar effort. I don't know if they had more tires, so did they maybe go out they more didn't. time? No, everyone went out three times apart from Lowndes, I think, in qualifying. So, does he get his tires for not using in qualifying on Saturday? So he's got those extra sets. Yeah, he has yeah. extra sets. So that would probably help him in the race. Um, but not so much in qualifying because they all had greens for qualifying. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. He did a great job. Yeah, good it was good. Him. Is that qualifying? Um, Coulthard. Coulthard. Who, who did he? He had a shocker. He didn't do very well. 15th. Um, Caruso, again, he's doing really well. He's starting to be, I think next year, if Nissan can keep on this form and keep improving this car, next year, watch out for Nissan. Yeah, they're really a uh, contender now, aren't they? They've taken over, really. I think they've moved ahead of Volvo. Yep. Now, Volvo's fallen off. Ever since this Volvo news, they haven't, apart from Phillip Island, of course, where Scotty just dominated, they've struggled. Yep. He's Then Scotty has fallen off the chase. Do you think there's something, nothing against Scotty, because he's one of my favorite drivers, but do you think Scotty's getting... Um, got weighed down a little bit with all the negotiations and stuff, moving teams and guilt and, you know, I Volvo leaving and he's leaving really his home. I yeah, I, I, I don't think that. I think, I just don't think the cars have developed much throughout the season. Yeah. They, okay. I just, yeah, I, that makes sense too. I just don't, yeah, I don't think they've, with the Volvo backing gone, it's not like they're going to start, spe unless they go, all right, Volvo's given us this amount of money, we still got this, use it all until the end of the year. Yeah. But I just don't think they've developed the car as much as everyone else. So, the, yeah, and that's the flip side of the coin. You know, Volvo's leaving. Why would we develop this car more? Because maybe we're going to run Volvos next year. Maybe we're not. Yeah. 
they they're we, still they're very iffy. Adamant. No one knows what's going on. Yeah, they're nearly adamant they're going to, but that's not to say that the year after they're not going to. Yeah, uh, Chris Pitha, tenth is that's qualified uh, ninth. Sorry, so he's qualified in the top ten again. Yeah, not a bad effort again. Three tenths off. It's uh, it's. And James effort. Courtney was knocking on the door of the top ten, but just couldn't quite get there. He was in eleventh, and where's our other HRT driver? Twenty third, still yeah. struggling. Yeah, Courtney had something else at this round compared to Tander. Yep. And David Reynolds outqualified Tander by a long way as well. Yeah. Moving to race 17. That's right. The the start, there was a small spin, and Courtney actually got done for it. He yes, pinned. he did. He, he sort of drove into the back of him, I think. So <laughs> what I've got is Courtney hit pie because he come in, hit the back of pie, and started the rotation, and then Pitha come in and just hit the back of Courtney and finished off Pi. Well, I think... I think Pi was, was gone say, before I, Pitha yeah, hit I him. I don't think... Yeah, my, my interpretation was it was um, Courtney hit Pi, started... Ro- Pi was rotating, and then Pitha... Because, obviously, Courtney's hit the... Bra- kept on the brakes yeah. and slowed himself down, so he didn't just absolutely nail Pi... And uh, Pith has just given him a tap. Yeah. And bit of damage on the back. Courtney got the drive-through, which just, well, that just set his week, his Sunday into motion of how miserable yeah. it was because I think he finished in the end. He got a DNF. Yeah. He so. did not have, well, he ended up with a broken upright, didn't he? Yeah. He was just, all, he just didn't have a very good weekend. I reckon Courtney is a little bit like, um, he, he'd fit right in in British touring cars. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're going you to block me for like one lap? Oh, that's it. You're in the fence. <laughs> <laughs> British touring cars is good like that. And they're yeah. so like, they're all like little hatchback, like front wheel drive hatchback racing. Yeah. They're not scared to uh, show someone. They don't necessarily have to tell them. They'll just show them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here's the wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, talking about that, ex- um, escorting someone off the road, Moffat and Coulthard. Yeah, I thought they were friends. And then, wow, especially yeah, down that, the straight. Yeah, but that was because of... um, oh, previous They've contact. been going for about a lap and a half of pushing and shoving. And I think Scafie said, nah, what Moff did on Coulthard was pretty fair because like Coulthard had moved over onto Moff yeah. several times before there and then tried to run him out wide in the final turn and then... <laughs> Moff's driving down the straight and it's like, oh, look, Coulthard, let's look over here. <laughs> just yeah. drove all the way across. Yeah, you can't fit there. <laughs> oh, your tyres on a white line. Yeah. yeah. Well, how's it feel, mate? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then obviously turn across and then I think who was it? It's one of the Nissans right up behind him. There was a couple other cars because I did have a note going, because then in the yeah, end. Yeah, didn't it cost him like three positions? Yeah. Because I'm going, this is Moff's problem. I always find like. And it is a bit like this just in the category in general is when you lose one position, you never just lose one. His Moff always seems to lose like three or four positions in one, t- like one incident. Yeah. It's, it's very similar to go-karts because the category is so tight at the moment. So in go-karts, because like half a second can, uh, in lap times can divide the whole field. Yep. So everyone's up each other's clacker. In the race, and then as soon as you get offline, that's it. We yeah, call well, you're it out on the marbles, and then yeah. So you'll get offline, 
And then the ne- so whoever goes to go past you, everyone will just push their front of their cart right up the ass of the next cart, and you can't turn back onto the racing line, so you get stuck like, off I'll line. Hold out I'll hold out wide. You're like, that never works. Yeah, yeah. And um, you just get freight trains, so three or four carts might go past you before you can get back on the racing line and defend your position. And that was absolutely what happened to Moffat. He yeah. just got escorted wide, and then one, two, three, here we go. <laughs> but it was good racing the incidents before like i didn't mind that push and shove i think it's really good for it it's we've got cars that can take a bit of a hit yeah and that it wasn't too bad either there was no one got punted yeah there was a bit of defensive driving going on in there with the the, the you know maybe v8s needs that sometimes yeah i think it's like was, it's good for the show uh just jumping forward a little bit here actually uh, frosty just letting chaz through i think frosty knew chaz had him frosty's fighting for the championship yeah, I mean, where what did he? I know he finished fifth. Chaz took no points off anyone that Frosty's fighting with. You know what I mean? Like it just, it was an, it's nine points that they were arguing over. Like if Chaz didn't let him through, Caruso would have finished third and got one hundred twenty nine points. Frosty would have got one hundred twenty, and Chaz would have got one hundred eleven. So it's only it's nine points. Yeah, yeah, I suppose, I suppose, yeah. Because then just, he would look like the biggest seems, dick because he's got to hold him up. Yeah, I, I understand. I, I understand why he did it. And myself, I probably would have done the same thing. But I'm not, you know, the champion of V8 Supercars at the moment. You're a race driver. I've <laughs> seen you. I try and pass you online. You don't let no one through. <laughs> but, yeah, you know what I'm saying. But, it, yeah, he's defending Ford's championship. It would have been completely defendable if he hadn't let him through. Yeah. I, I mean... The pace that Mostert had was ridiculous. It was. was. And I know, and from a team perspective, he did absolutely the right thing. He just stepped out of the way and completely stepped out of the way. He didn't even say, Chaz, you can pass me. basically drove around him too. Yeah. Like Caruso's like, I need to get out of the way. Mostert's coming. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, no, it was just something interesting. Anyway. Did you see the in-car footage of Shane? In-cab footage of him changing gears and then changing the brake bias and then the anti-roll no, bar. I did miss that. I heard it uh, on the speakers. But it makes I like four it. changes and changes gear all in like yeah. next Scaphy to nothing. Scafi loved it. <laughs> Shane just does these so many things at once. Like he's probably the more active one doing all these adjustments. Yeah, I agree. Um, Shane's very creative in his uh, cockpit as well, you know. You see him in the wet and... If the car's not working, he will adjust everything that he can before. Oh, and also, but you see him in the wet and stuff like that and, you know, changing gear, down gears oh, with down his with arm. His, yeah, Instead like, of his taking a hand off the steering wheel, he'll just change it with his wrist or his arm because he's got the gear stick where he wants it and everything. He can Why reach not? It. No other drivers are doing it, but, yeah, Shane seems to just find what works for him. He's a very individual driver, actually. You. He's got his own styles and stuff like that. It's, it's pretty crazy. But no, it was definitely, it was really good. Um, other big note. Oh, did you, this back to Shane again. Oh, and Lounsey as well. Coming into the pits on their first cycle. Like, I know use your tyres up and all, but Shane had a huge lockup coming into the pits. He did, he did. It was um, a massive lockup. I mean, no. A few no, of them no, did. No, I think Lounsey had a big lockup. Yeah, Lounsey had pits. one just before. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, no penalties. They all got they, under forty before that line, but yeah, I was just like, wow, it's um, they they're were really pushing pit entry. Mm. 
No one was going to lose a hundredth of a second there. And then during the second phase of the race, I don't know what happened to the Red Bulls, but they just looked bad. Like, they just lost they, pace. They, I think they must have discussed what they were going to do with the cars together because they both adjusted they both their cars. They fell off at the same time. And then they both went backwards. Hmm. They needed to go knock on Ludo's door. Or ask oh. Ludo when he come over to yell at them. Yeah, every like five minutes. Don't Ludo's... you get tricky with strategy? I know that's what you're gonna do. Don't you get tricky with strategy over here? You tell me what you're gonna do. Don't don't screw this up for Craig. <laughs> runs, he's always running across. Like, duh, 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 duh. Ah, and runs back to he's his room. He's kind of got like a little angry little march that he has. Like, duh, 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 yeah, duh, he's duh, like duh, trotting away. Like, yeah. <laughs> need to go get my baguette. <laughs> I would really like to know what happens in those conversations because you just see the looks on their faces like, all right, we've just what been happened? told. Yeah. <laughs> Ludo yelled at me. What did he say? I don't know. I'm not quite sure what's going on now. <laughs> and then we've had this incident. This is Shane, like, I've got a bit to talk about him on the Sunday race, even though he drove really well on the Saturday race and we didn't mention it that much. On the Sunday, and this is something I'm going to ask you, JD. You're driving, final corner, you see a car go off, and spear off at pace, and it looks like it's about to plough into the wall in this, like, gravel trap. Do you pit, thinking safety car? Well, it's... it's. I mean, we know what Shane would do. It's quite a weighted question. I think, yes, but it's so dependent on everything, isn't it? And sitting here in my chair, it's very easy for me to say, look, Shane, you did the wrong thing. If the safety car had been called and, you know, the rest of the track, everyone got held up or whatever... He would have looked like a dead set legend and he wouldn't have lost much time being double stacked. But in saying that, it happened, what, on the second last corner? No. Third last? Last. Last corner. Yeah, he come off because then um, Shane just, pretty much just followed around on the outside went into I don't the know. It's such a short track. I just don't see... It's still a minute 10. It's not super it, short. That's pretty short. So, race pace, is minute 15 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, minute 15. Like, that's what they're doing um, at Hidden Valley. Yeah, yeah. It's it's still quite a short lap. Like, he was at pit entry, pretty much. There was no way the safety car was going to get out in front of him. Do yeah, but he would, have, he would have been banking, banking on the fact that he could have got in, got his pits. They called safety car. He would be out. Everyone else would pit. And then he'd be picked up with the leaders. Yeah, but my view is... He was with the leaders. He was in third, wasn't he, at the time? Fourth. No, nah, he was struggled. He oh, was he, he was further back. So yeah, he was he, he was quite far back in the grid. Yes, okay. That makes more sense. See, but I was still... more thinking because I seen him come into the pits and I knew Wincup was in there because I was actually watching it with the live timing, which if you've never watched a race with live timing, do it. Yeah, he so... had his three screens set up and watching live timing and the race and everything going on. One black screen because nothing <laughs> was on it. One screen with the race on it and the other screen with the live timing. And unfortunately, my stream is about half a lap slower than the live timing, which I don't think even if you got it on the telecast, I don't think it's going to be as quick as the live timing because the live timing is still what everyone uses. But yeah, so I was thinking, well, he's come in. One, he would have been on the team going, oh, I'm in the pits. And they're like, shit, we've got wind cup in here. And this, you might know, I don't know. Do you have to do 40 in the pits? Or can you go slower? Uh, you can go slower. You can go slower. There's been a few controversial times in V8 where like, people have been holding up. So say Shane come in, someone come in behind him. And then he, he trots at like go. 30. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, no one was behind him. 
So no. I don't know. I don't know. But it would doesn't it be, really matter. Would anyway. be. Well, yeah, I guess you're not gonna. It's you're still the same amount of time as if you're sitting there or if you're doing thirty yeah, down the street. It doesn't make Wing Cup get out of the pit spot any faster. Looks a lot nicer though when the car moves in. The other one moves in straight away without having to stop. It's still. I think he, in hindsight, you know, probably shouldn't have pitted. The safety car wasn't going to grab him. He still would have come around at race pace pretty much. Yeah. Got in the pits and got out. Because I, I did think at the start, I thought, oh, Pi might not get out of this. Like, he did get it into reverse, and he started to move, and then it sort of bogged up, went, Burp. yeah, and then uh, tried to get forward, and then it sort of bogged in again. And he, I was like, oh, you've dug yourself into it. He did show a bit of skill there, didn't he? I thought he got a little, less, little less throttle control, and that man was going nowhere. And then at the end of the race, you've once again, you had Mostert just charging through the back end, and he was just quick. He was. Um, Fresh... Green tires, blowing the doors off everyone else. Yeah, and the battle that Caruso and Mostert had was actually really good. Yeah, it was a nice, good, good racing. Because did you see him go around? I think it was turn four where they've gone side by side, and like yeah, everyone I just like. Gonna, <gasps> I honestly thought they were just going to collide. Yeah, not a good racing by both of them. Like if when races give each other room, like not heaps, but yeah. enough. It just, it's so much better. Yeah, there's definitely plenty of room given. Um, you know, a few of the other drivers in the field, I think, would have es- escorted the other one wide and onto the marbles and said, come on, try and stay beside me now. But, yeah, no, it was, it was great racing. It was really entertaining. And then, um, yeah, Lowndes, Lowndes had the race win, which he, was fantastic. And then he's gone. He did a lot do of that off the line as well. He did. He, he did won that job. off the start. Yeah, he did do a great job off the start line. And then he waited to hear if he's allowed to do a burnout. Yeah. Do yeah. we need these rear tires, Ludo? Ludo, can I do a burnout? <laughs> can I do a burnout? I'm doing a burnout. <laughs> you can do a burnout. <laughs> we don't need the tires. Well, Lowndes didn't even hear that. No. He's like, I, I, I didn't know. I just went. Yeah. He didn't <laughs> thought, say no. Yeah. Well, the <laughs> fact that he didn't respond, I thought he thought I was doing a burnout. <laughs> yeah. It's good skid though. It was. Got into fourth. Yeah. Well, he's going to have to pick his game up. Shane got fifth last round. Ah. Oh. So he's really, you know, that's another another gear up. So um, Shane also did blow both tires, I think. Yeah. Last round. He, did he you did. see? Oh, you probably missed it. Um. They had it, all the the radio from Scotty McLaughlin. Oh, yeah, yeah. Shane. That guy's so good at a skid, it's ridiculous. <laughs> <or something. laughs> he's like, he's driving back on the rims. <laughs> oh, oh, was, I'll, was, I'll, I'll find the video for it. It's on supercars.com.au. I'll link it in the show notes. It's a good good skid by both Shane and the skid that um, Craig Lounsey did. Yeah, laid down. The rest of the field needs to pick their game up, I think. Yeah, I think um, I want to see Wincup do a good skid again. Yeah, Tim Slade, mate, no more dirt work. If he wins in like Sydney, I don't know what he's going to do. Yeah, we'll just if ask you win him to open Sydney, the gate to the car park. Just go <laughs> on the main straight. It's about eight lanes wide anyway. So I think we're done with the V8s. We won't look to Sydney yet because that's like still forever away. Um, but we will recap on that on one of our many episodes before. Actually, we've only got one more episode before Sydney. You need the microphone. Yep. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> Formula One. Formula One at the Hungary Ring. Yeah. Great weekend. Very exciting. Sad day was great weather for ducks. It was. Um, it's very wet. Yep. Very, very, very wet. Got your money's worth with Q1, though. 
Yeah, they, they stretched that out. It oh, was almost as long as the race. I was about to say, it's nearly as long as the bloody race. <laughs> that uh, went forever. <sighs> what are your points to take away from Q1? Uh, you just had to have your timing right, I think. Yeah, well, it doesn't matter. Like There was five cars, I think, that didn't make the 107%, Red Bulls included. Yeah. But they were allowed to race. I think it was quite funny that they brought that rule up. Uh, oh, there was no way they it was weren't never, going to let it was, them race. It was, yeah, it was never in the intentions of the rule that that rule is there for. And then there would come this big news article. Everyone's, oh, they could get... Yeah, right. By the end of Q1, it was looking like there's not going to be many cars left. I don't think you needed to be in the drop zone to... um. No, there's a few uh, DNFs. So I you guess had... you don't call them that in qualifying, but there's no. a few people spinning off and hitting the wall. Yes. And uh, yeah, not the best effort. But no, well, you had Harry Ento come off. Very, very tricky conditions. And oh, so as weird. soon as Harry Ento went off, I went, mm, when's Whalen going off? Not no, long after. Yeah, they don't have the best of downforce. And when the track's very wet, you want downforce? <laughs> you need to be stuck to the ground somehow. Um, Ericsson had an off as well. Yep. Uh, Magnuson had an off. Massa had an off. Massa had an off. Funny that. They're the bottom five. Palmer had an off. It was just, everyone was just... I've got a few videos of the Q1 offs. I'll link them in the show notes. They're just always good fun to watch sometimes. But yeah, so that was basically Q1 done and dusted, apart from the fact it went for about an hour and a half. Yeah, it was quite long. We were sitting there uh, watching it on our mobile phone. And it was very long. Like <laughs> very chewing long. my data. <laughs> yeah, very long time sitting there just to watch Q1. I'm like, all right, is it done yet? Oh, it's another red flag. <laughs> it's really... So, Michael, Michael's just showing me one of the best brought F1 up photos I think I've ever seen. That's just amazing. shows you how wet it is. I will put this in the show notes. Hell, this might even go on our Facebook page. I think that's it's definitely worthy. That's an amazing photo. That's... um. What the photo is, because I know podcasts aren't very good at showing images. Um, uh, what? No one can see this. You can't see it? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's a picture. It's Daniel Ricciardo's Red Bull in like torrential downpour with the big red light, red light going, basically saying the red flag in the session. But it just, it's really cool. You can see the water coming off everywhere. It's, it's, um, it's probably my favorite photo from the weekend. Yeah, it is amazing. That's uh, that's a But beauty. that just sums up qualifying. That's how wet it is. So we'll put put that in there. But yeah, so like we were saying with was it was it Q two where no, it was Q one I think, actually, where Vettel went off after it'd been re- red flagged. He went he managed to go off after it'd been red flagged. That's how wet it was. It was it was, must have been Q one. Yeah. So it was when it was really, yeah, no, really pouring down. And yeah, he ended up off the track. Because there was a puddle he went through and the, the just the car just aquaplane straight off the track. There's puddles everywhere. Like in Q two, there was that puddle on the final like coming onto the final straight. Yeah. That yeah. just stayed there, like even through Q three, I think, as well. Yeah, there must be a little wallow next to the curb there and in all the fifty mil we've learned a lot about curves in the last couple of races. We have. <laughs> and the little fifty mil uh divots in between the, the razor tooth curves. And um sawtooth curves. Um, so it drains the water all that way. Yeah, it drains and sits in there. <laughs> it just it kept pulling up. The drivers come through and they were shooting heaps of water out onto the line. There's a couple. Some of, of them were incidents. getting a few. Like yeah. Vettel darted off to the straight. Like yeah. he come through and it just pivoted. Yep. And, he's and like, 
Ricardo's one. Ricardo's kept sliding. I, I wrote down somewhere. Rick, oh, I can't find Ricardo, it. big save. Big, yeah. He just, ah, uh, yeah. It was in Q3, though. Yeah. My one. I was got Ricardo, massive final turn shank. Still fast. Yeah. Um, he did a great effort. I think he kept the, the boot in and uh, managed to steer it out of it and did a great job. Hamilton, he only just got in there. Like, he he was 10th in Q2. Like, it was, he was lucky to get in because Kimi well, didn't make and it. And even in his last lap, um, he went off the end of the straight. He ended up onto the green bit of concrete next to the, next to the curb at, in turn one. Yeah, because uh, Ricardo lap. went off deeper yeah. in there as well. Yeah, yeah, uh, a, a lap before lap that before. one. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, Ricardo nearly got knocked out in Q2 as well. But yeah, so then when we come to Q3, um, apart from the big puddle on the main straight, come to basically a one-lap shootout. Because obviously they went out and just dried the track. And then they come out, they had their shootout, and what, Hamilton set the fastest time initially? Was Hamilton... Ricardo Rosberg. Yeah. Yeah. And then Alonso Span. Yeah, very controversial. That caused Ricardo and Vettel, to, uh, Vettel, sorry, uh, Hamilton to lift. Yep. Slowing them down so they couldn't set their fastest time. Um, Which they needed to because he was just off the racing line when they come through. He was still parked in the way, essentially. Now, was it still yellow flags by the time Rosberg come through? Or yes, did he, it was still he double yellow flags. He lifted? Yep. Looking at the data, they come. the stewards come up. This is the reason he wasn't penalised, was because when they looked at the data, he had at least one-tenth of a second that he lifted for. It's not much, is it? I think Hamilton said Rosberg's apex speed was still faster than Hamilton's fastest lap. But either way, he come home first... Rosberg, uh, Hamilton second. Two Red Bulls locked out the second row. Yep. Which was good. Ricardo looked a bit more uh, back to his old, I think. As Ricardo well. looked more dominant again. Yeah, yeah and he looked comfortable. This is a track he likes. Track. I think for the past three years, he's been on the podium every year. He has, and it's, uh, watching the pre-race with him, it's a track that he's uh, been on the podium with every category he's ever raced there. Oh, then you have to love it. Yeah, so. I mean, it is a track that definitely suits the Red Bulls, because if you get out in front, you just can't pass. Really hard. Well, you can't pass. Tell that to um, Verstappen and Kimi. Those two were passing all day. Yeah, they did. Both of them did a great job. Verstappen had to wear, play second fiddle for a change, and I, I don't think he likes it. And <laughs> it's, we'll get we'll get to that um, yeah. in the race. So we'll just quickly round out the top ten for your qualifying. Rosberg, Hamilton, Ricardo. That's your top three, followed by Verstappen, Vettel, Saints. It's a pretty good result for Saints. He's up there again. Yeah, really solid effort, mate. Um, the two McLarens, 7th uh, and 8th. That's well done. That's two and Q3. I mean, the weather helped, but either then, they're still fairly It was a strong. drying track, and um, uh, fair enough, there were a couple of people that probably shouldn't have got knocked out in Q2, didn't make it into Q3, did. But um, other than that, you can't take it away from, you know, what a great track. I think to me, but over that whole um, wet qualifying session, it really reinforced that uh, Ron Dennis's belief that they've got the second best downforce in the field, yada, mm. yada, yada. It's complete and utter bullshit. 
I don't know what what he's fertilizing his plants with at home, but he could definitely use that. <laughs> yeah. Um. Then you had Hulkenberg and the Force India coming in ninth, and then Bottas rounding out the top ten in the only Williams. The start of the race, Michael. Start of the race. Wow. Now, I, I I actually was standing up. I was getting a bottle for Noah. <laughs> yep. And I had my hands in the air, shaking like, yes, go, Ricardo, go around the... Oh. I know. I <laughs> for was like doing, half a second. <laughs> I was doing the same thing too because I, I, I didn't do any big, big stupid bets um, for this game. I did a couple of $2 ones and I put $2 on Ricardo leading the first lap, paying like 11 to 1 or something. And I was like, this $2 could turn into 22 bucks." And then he got up the inside. I'm like, oh, yeah. And, and then he didn't. Yeah. And that's why I only put $2 on it. <laughs> it was pretty amazing, but it was. It was a good start. He was real it was, quick off the line. He got um Rosberg. Like, oh, it did. He in that second start phase, uh, Vettel was really quick as well. Mm. Ricardo did well to hold Vettel off. I think the only reason Vettel didn't get past Ricardo and Rosberg was, I think he he played the mature game there and went. Okay, when we barrel in there five wide, because yeah. <laughs> I'm think on the outside, Verstappen this is not going to work. Verstappen <laughs> was trying to get up the inside as well. Yeah, it, it was, was it was mayhem at the start. It was very exciting. Crazy. Um, and then you had Button. Poor Button. I think it was like first or second lap. It was very oh, early on. Lap three or four. And he had yeah. his hydraulic issue where his pedal went straight to the floor. And he, I think he did. He speared off the track, didn't he? Um, I can't remember. He it was a big. No, he nearly went off, and then um, a bunch of cars started going past him, and that's when yeah, we noticed. Yeah, he started it. to lose all the speed, and then he's on the he, radio. He going, hopped out of the throttle, and he was just coasting. Yeah, yeah, because he's like, my, the pedal goes straight to the floor, and then more controversial. Oh, incidents. we're back on the radio talk again. <laughs> <sighs> F one, fix this, <laughs> please. Far out. It's so stupid. I don't see what they did anything wrong. They basically told Button, "All right." One, my favorite radio call ever. Uh, Button, you need to stay out. And he's like, oh, good. This is going to be the race from hell. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I hope Button doesn't leave. Yeah, I'm going to miss Button if he uh, if he retires. I mean, I know he's, he's trying to do his best, but uh, that comment just summed up the race. It's like, oh, well, I'm getting paid to get this around the line. Yeah. But in the end, they fixed the hydraulic issue. But then he come and pitted like a couple of laps later after they told him how to fix it and then still got the fucking drive through. Yeah, I think uh, F1 management committee, like the people making, or FIA, need to come out and explain this a bit more to the spectators. This is getting confusing. Well, even also explain it to the teams because in my eyes, it looked like they did the right thing. It looked like the new rule that they said, if you give a, a permit... So if you give information to a driver, you have to serve a mandatory pit stop or come into the pit lane mandatory. Like that's, that has to be done. You're allowed to do a pit stop. Yep. That's all fine. And they did that. Then also apparently the teams can give you orders in the pit lane that doesn't involve you having to. Yeah, exactly. If you come in for a pit stop, they yeah, can and give then you an like, order. Oh, you the can reset lane. into here, 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 and you don't have to repit. Because every uh, before the restriction was anywhere yeah, on anywhere the racetrack, but now it's only on the track, not in pit lane. Yeah, and I think that's a big, that's a great move. I think it's a great move forward. Mm. But it's still obviously confusing because they they gave him a drive through penalty after they had served a pit stop. The it was only penalty. a few laps later. It was just I I just don't understand. I seriously just scrap the rule. It's stupid. 
And then it's, Button comes out with the great comment. So obviously, um, no brakes is not safety issue. Yeah, because they're allowed with the, the the safety clause in that. You know, if there is a safety issue, you're allowed to give the driver instructions to stop them being at risk. Yeah, well, I know if you don't have any hydraulics and your brakes run on hydraulics, you're gonna have a bad time. Yeah, um, quite quite interesting. I'd like to see what the debrief from that was to find out why the penalty was given. Mm. Uh, and just explain to the public a bit. More. It was something about misuse of radio or something. I think. Whatever yeah, the, they they didn't they didn't really give a reason. They just said no, they were just that's whatever they breached the radio. Is. Yeah, yeah, breached the radio. Apart from that, because I mean, we can talk about the radio ban all day, but there's only so many episodes we can use on that. Yeah, Ricardo avoided the undercut from Vettel, which was good because he needed to. Because um, Vettel was quick, and then Hamilton was just struggling, and Ricardo was catching them like he was catching the two Mercedes. And to the point was, what what was the comment that Mercedes said to Hamilton that you need to go faster? Yeah, uh, if you're you're starting to impede. Yeah, it was like Rosberg. something like, speed up, or we give the first pit to Rosberg. Yeah, and all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, I can drive again. I'm going quick. Yeah, I thought it was quite funny. Oh, you need to speed up. I am. I'm going as fast. I'm struggling on these tires. And then they're like, well, if you don't speed up, we're going to give the um, choice to Rosberg if he wants to pit first. And it's like, oh, well, second look, I found a lap a faster. <laughs> yeah. Like, hang on a second, wait. Well, they kept talking on the t- on the commentary about him trying to back up Rosberg into, into the, Red the Red Bull. Yeah. Which, I mean, like, we know that. And this race was... He's done it before. Yeah. And, I mean, Hamilton controlled this race down to a T. Like, he really did. He controlled the spike. So they said at the end of the race, it was one of the longer races at the Hungaro ring because of that fact. Yeah. Like he wasn't pushing his car, which we know why. He's only got a couple of, we reckon he's going to take what, two pe- two penalties is this year? Is he on his last engine already? I, I think, think so. He yeah. He's, he knows he's going to take at least one. Minimum or, of one. Minimum of one, probably two. Rear grid. Mm. Which is, you made an interesting point earlier. You think that this could real that taking that penalty and go, starting from the rear of the grid will really um hurt his championship fight. Yeah, well, I, I've put money against the tide at the moment on Rosberg to win the championship mm. because my views essentially are that with Hamilton starting rear of grid, he's a great driver and he's in the best car in the field. He will move forward from starting rear of grid. But yeah. the Red Bulls are no slouch anymore and Ferrari is not necessarily the easiest car to get past either because they've got quite good straight line speed now as well. Mm. I don't envy him coming through the field and yeah, trying well, to get... Saying, could you imagine like having to pass five, the two Ferraris and the two Red Bulls and then yeah, your teammate? Yeah, and, and you'd assume at that race, Rosberg's probably going to win. So Rosberg's going to you know, bag his maximum amount of points. And uh, I'd say there's a minimum of one race that's going to happen and possibly two. Mm. So unless um, Lewis starts winning every race... Then um, Hamilton sort of got held up by the Haas and... Really let Esteban. Esteban Gutierrez know what he thought. Not the classiest thing he's done. No, and Esteban's not overly happy about the situation either. He th- it's a bit rude and um, thinks he should go back to his man- back to boarding school and learn his manners again. Yeah, well, um, I, I've got a video of it. I'll link it in the show notes. So it's an incident where Esteban was pretty much, he had his hass dead smack in the way and held him up around, I think it was the final turn. Yeah. Yeah, so he he lost a lot and Rosberg caught I think up. He lost half a second in one hit. Yeah. And Rosberg caught up to him like straight away. And then um as Hamilton drove around Esteban, he sort of 
flipped him off. He did. Just gave him the bird and picked yeah. it up at Kmart. It's real yeah. nice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that um and then Estevan's come out and just said, just because you're the world champion doesn't give you the right to disrespect your fellow competitors. And I mean, yeah, it's probably not the best thing to do, but we'll forget about it by next race. Yeah. It's no different than when Sebastian Vettel flipped off someone in China last year. No, was it last year or the year before? I think it was in a Red Bull. Kimmy and Max, this whole race, I've found a few videos and I'll, I will link them again in the show notes so everyone can watch them. They had a good battle, like throughout the whole race, from the start right up to the finish, those two were always with each other. Yeah, they did. Absolute um, challenge. I thought Kimmy was going to have the pace there to get past him, um, but no, no. Uh, Max, Max proved that he his, can really. Yeah, Max proved his A grade defensive skills again. He's black belt in uh, defense. Defense, <laughs> yeah. Well, there was that incident where, oh, there was a bit where Ros, oh, Rosberg. Raikkonen. Raikkonen um, clipped the back yeah. of Matt. And then carbon fiber. And then all I thought was. Puncher. Yeah, Max is fucked. <laughs> I, I was did. just like, oh, no. I'm just waiting for him. Like I didn't think it was instant. But I was thinking just around the next guy, I'm half expecting to see him just like. Urgh! And they're like, ah, oh, he's just gone. Yeah, no, it managed to get out of that without uh, puncturing the tire. That was Very really lucky. interesting. I don't agree with necessarily how much Max was defending, mm-hmm. late defending. I I like defending in F1 because they got such good slipstream. They've got DRS that helps them and stuff like that. He was very um, late. He was like waiting for... As soon as Raikkonen would start to move, that's when he would move. And that's fine to a certain extent. But sometimes Max was putting Raikkonen in the position of, you can run into me. Or you can pull out. I think sometimes he got that. So, well, obviously in one of those, he made that so hard for Riken that he couldn't actually pull out. So he hit him. Yeah. But then isn't this just the making of a champion? Like you look at Hamilton, he doesn't really, he does the same thing. Oh, they play for keeps, don't yeah. they? Yeah. I mean, yeah. these guys have maybe matched. They don't make friends this way, but. The race was a bit. It was, it was very at the con- start. It was. And then it was controlled. And that's the best way to describe this race. It was a very controlled race and no one, like no safety car. There was no virtual safety car. No one came off. There was there was only that one retirement of um, Button. It was super controlled. Ricardo tried to force the both the Mercedes into an early pit stop. And, and that didn't work. Out, and and they then that just sort of hurt. Like, nah, we're fast enough. We don't have to worry about the undercut. And that hurt Ricardo's tyres. It did. Because he pushed for a few laps and then realized. But then he still managed to hold. I mean, Vettel got pretty close. Vettel cut down like the gap. It was like one second or one and one point three seconds or something. Yeah. Um, the gap, and that was pretty good. It was it was really good to see both like you know Ricardo fighting with Vettel, who everyone says that's his rivals, which I don't know why. I mean, they were teammates, but they ne- they actually got on really well. I thought Vettel and Ricardo got on well better than I've seen Vettel get on with anyone else. Well, he gets along really well with Raikkonen. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, like, but, at yeah. that stage, it yeah, was, everyone was like, oh, he's going to be fighting with that. Because he fought with Weber. But that's because at that stage, none of them had won a championship. Like, yeah. Weber and Vettel, pretty much, they got both were in their prime ready to win. And, I'm, you know, unfortunately, well, Vettel ended up winning. Yeah. And then that just caused a bad, you know, bad vibe between the teams. And then they always, well, it's well documented. Everyone knows what happened. Yeah, agreed. The big thing to take away from it is now Hamilton has the championship lead by six points. Yeah, what a big turnaround from the weekend, really, isn't it? That's probably the major thing to take away from it. 
Mm-hmm. I'd say Ricardo looks like he's back on form. Ricardo's moved up to third now. Yeah. Um, and uh, Hamilton's back in the lead of the championship. It's a quick turnaround now as well for the next meeting. The teams will be really pushing to get these cars around again. The German Grand Prix at the Hockenheim Ring, which which should be good. Quite like the Hockenheim Ring. It's got a nice little um stadium section, and then it sort of goes off, does a bit, and comes back. Yeah, the Hockenheim's I'm, always I'm, a good I'm, event. I'm, I'm going to tip Rosberg. I think he he he's he needs to win. That's why. And he won last year. How long since Hamilton put the engine in that he's running at the moment? I don't know, man. I need to look up that stat again. It'll be interesting to see how much longer he can make this engine last. Because he's been a long time on the internal combustion engine now. Yeah. Um, well, what We've got the German Grand Prix coming up. And then we've got a long break. And what is next? Spa. Mm. You reckon you want a new motor for Spa? Or you don't want to be starting at the back? What's a nice track? I guess you can't really be like, oh, you, you could. If you, if you budget, your, if you look after your engine enough, you could go, all right, we're going to take it at this track. But yep. what track would suit them best for passing? Because you're coming up into, you know, a lot of the races where you're not, like you've got Singapore still to come. You're not going to say Mercedes are going to do lots of passing. Yeah, you definitely wouldn't want a new engine in Singapore. Maybe you could do it at Monza in, the, in Italy after Spa. Yep. Use that he power could probably advantage. start at the back and work his way up. The other car that might stri- that might um, be hard to get around at Monza would R- be the Rosbergs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to talk about the that's one that's going to be a little bit off pace. I I would say they might bring him a little bit in front of the Force Indias, but it will be the Williams. The Williams very, will be stronger at this. At yeah, they're always a very slippery car. Yes, no and, downforce. Yeah, and uh, they that might if he starts rear grid, they might. Sort of, he might hit a bit of a wall there and be a bit harder to get around. Just having a look at the round, you got Malaysia straight up after Singapore, which is normally not that late. It's normally the start of the year. It's yeah, normally after. Yeah, sh- it's in Malaysia normally the second round of the year. Yeah, that'd be interesting to see. I want to go to that one. Oh well, just book your tickets now. Well, it's not. It's cheap. I'm sure, it's cheap. How cheap? Cheap suit? <laughs> no, like it. It is. It's like real cheap. Hang on. We'll pause. We'll be back. We we'll gotta do some research. So we've just um quickly brought up. BookF1.com, which we just quickly had a look to see about the Malaysian Grand Prix, because I have actually once jokingly said to my old man, I'm like, let's go to the Malaysian Grand Prix. It's, I mean, we're in Darwin, so we're, we're not that far away from Malaysia, and Malaysia Airlines are always doing deals out of here. It's only a three, three and a half hour flight, three, maybe four hours, jump on a plane, leave Thursday afternoon. Yeah. It's, um... And we're having a look. Okay. So what we can see, the top ticket... On this package is the Emerald VIP package, uh, Friday to Sunday, for an adult, $829. That's unbelievable. That's cheap. cheap. Yeah. Because you've been to the Singapore Grand Prix before, mm. and yours was not VIP package. No. And was... yours was a lot more than $829. Mm. Yeah, my wife and I, we sat in uh, grandstand at the end of the uh, main straight, uh, and that was, yeah, that was like $1,100 each. If you just want... A three-day ticket, like this is a standing ticket, so something on the hill. You still get shade. You still get a TV like viewing screen for an adult, sixty-nine dollars. Now that is cheaper than a V8 supercar hot pass at Hidden Valley. Yeah, I think that's gonna be one of the cheapest big motorsporting events that you'll ever get to go to. I wonder if you can even see the track from that hill. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let well, you. We'll let you stand I've... in the car park. You can listen to the noise. We'll charge you seventy no, bucks. From what <laughs> from what I understand is 
the Malaysian Grand Prix is one of the most affordable ones to go to, and the government wants to make it affordable. Like they want to have people visitors. going, visitors going to it, and like I think it's good that it's this time of year. I mean, it's going to be end of year. It's it might rain. I mean, it's always bloody wet over there. But you know, if you get a dry race, it's good. Yeah, it's amazing. I didn't realize it'd be that cheap. Yeah, that's our tip for the week. <laughs> go to the Malaysian Grand Prix if you can. <laughs> And if you do, send us photos. Yeah. <laughs> Write in and let us know what it was like. And that's it for this week on uh, Breaking Late. Remember to hit us up on Facebook at Breaking Late. Uh, we've got an email address, uh, breakinglate at gmail.com. If you can please leave a review from iTunes or any of the podcasting services that will really help us out. That's our show for this week. Done and dusted. Looking uh, forward to the Germany F1 this weekend. And yep. we'll be talking again Monday. Yes. Yeah. So... We'll catch you guys later. See ya. Bye.